Hey everybody, welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, as we bring you episode number eight of the revamped pod here in 2020. And today we will continue our player preview series as it's really going to take off with today's episode and then tomorrow's as well. But we will start with today and one of the lesser known Orioles who is currently on the 40-man roster and has a pretty good shot and I would say a a very good shot of being on the opening day 26-man roster when the Orioles take on the Yankees on March 26th. And that player we're going to preview is the right-handed pitcher Brandon Bailey, a 25-year-old who the Orioles selected in the Rule 5 draft back in December. He was their first pick in the Rule 5 draft this year, the number two overall pick in that draft. And Bailey, a 25-year-old right-hander who was picked out of the Astros system. Last year, he was in AA with the Corpus Christi Hooks, threw about 93 innings to a 3-3-0 ERA, 103 Ks to 41 walks, a 3-0-7 career minor league ERA in 349 innings, and just about 10.5 strikeouts per nine in his minor league career. Now, he's never pitched in the big leagues. He was drafted by the Athletics in the sixth round all the way back in 2016 out of Gonzaga. And then he ended up getting traded in November of 2017 over to the Astros, got traded straight up for Ramon Laureano, of course, who ended up playing center field for Oakland, was a great guy for them to have as they made it to the playoffs in 2019. But Bailey, a solid minor league career, a very good college career, but he was not protected on the roster by the Astros, which made him available in the Rule 5 draft, and the Orioles scooped him up with the number 2 overall pick back at the winter meetings. But again, the thing with the Rule 5 picks, and if you're an Orioles fan, you, you probably know this, they've had a lot of Rule 5 guys who have been on the rosters. Obviously, some of the more notable ones include guys like Ryan Flaherty and TJ McFarlane back when the Orioles were winning some more games, and, and there's been plenty since then. But They're guys who you draft in that Rule 5 draft, and the rule is they have to either be on the 25-man roster active or be on the roster but on the IL when the season starts and be on that roster for the entire season or you have to return that player to its previous team. So the Orioles basically have to commit to Brandon Bailey or they'll be given the option or the Astros will be given the option to take him back, which you have to think they would do. So... You're looking for a Rule 5 guy to really stand out in spring training, and you're hoping this guy, Brandon Bailey, the 5'10", 25-year-old right-hander with a power fastball and a really good curveball, can stand out for the Orioles. And if Bailey can do that, he could maybe find his way into this starting rotation for the Orioles, which could be a nice piece for the O's to have in 2020. But to break down... Brandon Bailey, we decided to talk to someone who watched him pitch all of last season, and that is Dominic Catronio, who is the play-by-play voice of the Corpus Christi Hooks, the AA affiliate for the Houston Astros, and Bailey spent his entire 2019 season in Corpus Christi with the Hooks, and 
Catronio got to watch most of his starts last season, so we chatted with him to get our preview on Brandon Bailey. So here it is, our chat with Dominic Catronio of the Corpus Christi Hooks as we preview the right-hander, Brandon Bailey. So we welcome Dominic Catronio onto the Locked On Orioles podcast. Dominic is the radio play-by-play voice of the Corpus Christi Hooks, the double-A affiliate of the Houston Astros. And Dominic, thanks so much for giving us some time today. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks for having me. So obviously your connection to the Orioles is Brandon Bailey, the Orioles Rule 5 pick in the first round, number two overall pick of the Rule 5 draft in December. He spent the 2019 season with the Hooks in AA with the Astros. And, you know, some people may be a little worried about that AA to the majors jump, but if the right-hander Bailey is going to be an Oriole, and obviously in the Rule 5 draft, they got to keep him on the roster on opening day to keep him in the organization he'll have to be facing big league hitters so just from what you saw in 2019 to start you know what what's the scouting report you know what kind of pitchers Brandon Bailey and do you think he can translate in just a year to the major leagues from from what you saw last season well for a couple of reasons I think he can stick for one is that there's no pressure for him to immediately perform I mean I know there's couple of vacancies right now in the Orioles starting rotation obviously this year Baltimore is not expected to be competing especially in the way the AL East is looking and another reason is that he's kind of sig and and Mike's guy you know obviously Astros and that connection and they went and got Brandon Bailey because remember the Astros did not draft him the Oakland A's drafted Brandon Bailey and then the Astros traded for him and he was traded for Ramon Laureano, who we now watch in Oakland thinking, well, wow, how'd you get Ramon Laureano out of Brandon Bailey? Are they equal? So Brenda takes that as a sense of pride, like, hey, I got traded for a big leaguer, and now it's my turn to try to make it to the bigs, and maybe this can be his way to do it. Uh, if someone just looks at the plain stat line from his A season, you'll notice, yeah, he's a little old for the level. He's 25 this season, but he – he has only 92 innings this year. He had a little month off because uh, of some arm soreness, just general soreness. They decided to shut him down for a little bit, see how he felt in August, and he felt 100%. His velo was right back where it was. In fact, his velo was up uh, in his first start back after missing three starts from the IL. So when you look at the plain numbers, it's kind of like, all right, you know, he's a solid guy, a little old for the level. But the, the thing that's going to stick out to everyone is that he's, listed at 5'10", and he's really closer to 5'8", 5'9", you know, and he's uh, really got some serious spin on his fastball. He he throws – he really sits 92, 94, can touch 96, and he's got that elite spin rate, 26 to 2,800 RPMs just on his fastball alone, which has it play up, makes it look faster, and he's he's really a a student of the game when it comes to spin efficiencies and uh, accesses, vertical breaks, trying to design pitches. And I really think he could fit the mold that Sig and Mike have going on right now in rebuilding the uh, Orioles. Yeah, and obviously that mold, they're trying to take some things from Houston and Bailey last year, as you talked about, 92 innings, 3-3-0 ERA, 103 strikeouts, and 41 walks for him. And you talked about that stuff. You know, people talk a lot about his, about his big curveball, which seems to be – his strikeout pitch, but and you talked about the spin rate on the fastball as well. Does does he kind of fall in, you know, with some of the other guys? I'm sure you see in that Houston organization where 
that, you know, they're really focused on spin rate and things like that to get their pitchers to the next level. Well, I mean, it's because the Astros were the first ones to really key in and make that a focus of that, hey, these guys have an ability to spin a fastball, meaning they can the elevated fastball. We've heard it the last three years at the Astros in the playoffs and developing Justin Verlander into the pitcher he is now. Not that he needs any development, but he made him even better. Garrett Cole, the success, I mean, breaking strikeout records left and right. When you're when you're talking about the Houston Astros and strikeout records involving Nolan Ryan, like you're doing something right. So the fact is, Bailey is one of those guys. Yeah, the curveball gets a lot of pub. Personally, I think the changeup is better than the curveball, and I'm in the minority on this, just because he can throw it in any count to any batter. He can throw it for a strike. He can throw it as a chase. It's got some serious uh, fall to it. It can go arm side. It can really, really keep right-handed hitters off balance. It's just the problem is sometimes he leaves it up, you know, and that's why playing off the curveball maybe will be better for his fastball, given that his fastball riding high, then throw that curveball on the lower, you know, glove side, and boom, he's got a righty out if you get that combo every time. But, yeah, he, he really does fit that mold of desirable Astros prospect in the high spin fastball, maybe need to develop a third pitch. He's been working on a slider and a cutter. Uh, and seeing what he can do in the big leagues. Yeah, and that's a good thing, obviously, to keep working on the other pitchers. So he's got the change, the fastball, and a curveball, which has been called a 12-6, and then that slider as well. And you know, if you can get those four pitches down, you can really be a successful major league starter. And, and something you talked about a little earlier, you said he had that little bit of a break because of the soreness came back. You said the velocity was up. Now, he basically spent all of 2019 in AA with the hooks, so – over that entire season, you know, from April to September, were you able to see, you know, some major improvements with him that would, you know, lead to thinking, hey, he can continue to improve and, you know, p- pitch at the major league level, which is what he's going to have to do in 2020? The big thing with him this season was that, you know, he got off to a slow start. And one thing that's really important to remember about our ballpark in Corpus Christi, it is a hitter's paradise, especially for righties. So uh, anytime you're starting at home, you hit a fly ball to left, it's gone. You know, it's just there's a jet stream out there. That's why his homer numbers were inflated this season. Uh, some park factors there. But for, for Bailey's season overall, it, it's a shame because he was on a ridiculously hot stretch before he was missed a month with that soreness. He had like eight games where you know, he had one clunker in those eight games. He gave up like four runs in one game. And then for the other seven starts, he combined to allow two runs over like 30 innings. So he was really finding his groove and everything was working for him. And one of the things the Astros love to do is when you have success, they actually try to take it away from you. They actually try to, all right, now let's see, let's replace your curveball with your slider and let's start throwing first pitch changeups. Let's try to see if you can develop into these mixes to see what you can work on before we send you to AAA. And then, unfortunately, you never got a chance to really do that, going down with soreness, and then he only made six more starts the rest of the season. But he's uh, he, he never left the team, never had to go back to West Palm or anything like that. And he still, you know, pitched five, six innings when he came back. It was just kind of a let's be precautionary, and he's totally fine. And he was always in good spirits about it, too. We kind of joked because when he was pulled out of a game – uh, before the soreness being sent off for a month, he was touching 96, 97. We're like, wait, how's, why are you going on the bench now? Your, your velo was up. So it was, it was kind of funny how that worked out. But he's a, he's a really cool dude to talk to. And 
really, really on top of it when it comes to pick design. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Orioles is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Orioles fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Orioles fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And and that's something I want to get to, too. You know, we have you on the pod because not only did you watch him, but you get to interact with him for an entire season. Now, kind of two things, you know, what's it like being around the person, Brandon Bailey? And also, you know, it's talked a lot about his height. And he actually has a tweet from last year about, you know, only 5% of of pitchers in the major leagues are, are under six foot or something like that. And he and he wants to try and change the mold. Is, does that come in as part of his his mindset when he's on the mound? Yeah, absolutely. You see it. And the first guy that comes to mind for me is a guy like, you know, Marcus Stroman. Everyone's going to have that attachment to Brandon Bailey immediately, but Stroman is proof you can have success as an athlete on the mound, no matter how tall you are. And Brandon is most certainly an athlete and he's, he's in great shape. He really takes care of himself and he can make the plays that he needs to. Yeah. He's five, nine, five, ten, and he's, up there throwing 95 so he's he's got the lower body to make it work and i don't know why the the height number has to make such a big difference for him but getting to know brandon he uh he's a huge nike guy i mean he's he's from colorado but he went he went to uh, gonzaga huge nike guy he actually had a chance to intern there at the uh, in in uh, nike's uh, facilities there in beaverton um but went the pro baseball route instead which i mean i think that's a pretty good investment but he He's doing uh, big on shoes, big on the Nike world. Uh, on top of that, he trains at Driveline. He was actually one of the first pitchers to get involved with Driveline and Eric Bodie and what those guys are in Kyle Bodie and what those guys are doing uh, over in Seattle. Now, of course, half that original staff of Driveline is in some sort of player development role. Uh, he's a he's a good dude. He's he's a graduate too. He finished his uh, Gonzaga degree uh, while he was playing baseball. So uh, he's a really cerebral kid. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him and of course that's obviously you know the, the baseball the stats part only half of it you got to have good guys in that clubhouse as well now the final thing I have for you Dominic just because you know being in that Astro system and you see so many arms go through and and especially last year for you I mean you had if I'm not mistaken Jose Urquidy was was in double a with you for a little bit he pitched in the World Series I mean JB Bukowskis was there too so when, when you think about Brandon Bailey you know I think this is kind of a good measure because you look at double A stats and you never really know how that's going to translate the year after to the big leagues. But how did he, you think, compare to some of the the better arms you saw um, in double A last season, both on your team and against the hooks that were guys that were either top prospects or eventually did make it to the big leagues last year? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Urquidy because he was our opening day starter in Corpus Christi. And everyone was kind of looking around like, well, we got J.B. Bukowskis. We got, you know, we've, we've got these guys. We've got Bailey. We've got these guys. Like, why is Rikini starting? And 
lo and behold, you know, now we see why. And he's going to be one of the maybe in the mix for that fifth starter spot with Houston. But you're, you're right with the players that came through and seeing what Bailey has done. And like I mentioned, a little old for the level by some standards. But at the end of the day, he's still accomplishing what he's supposed to do. The big number that jumped out to me throughout the season was his swinging strike rate. And that's kind of the number that everyone looks at. He's missed bats. The ball's not going to leave the yard. And he had the third best swinging strike rate in all of double-A of pitchers at least pitching 90 innings. So uh, 15% of all of his pitches were swings and misses. That's pretty freaking good. So he, uh, if he can keep that up, that's in great shape. He still struck out a ton of guys. That's modern baseball, of course. And uh, the next step for him will be to limit the walks. He had a spike in walks this season. So, again, that goes back to the Astros trying to make things difficult for him. So, if you let kind of let him loose here this season, if he does stick with the Orioles and make it on the uh, opening day 25-man, 26-man roster now, that let him loose, let him be a pitcher, and see what he can do with his command. Because his style very much is deception. Yes, he has a, a high fastball, and he, he can touch, run up the fastball. How will the secondary stuff develop? Will the curveball stay as it is? Will it play off the fastball to give him the success that he's got to this point? Will the changeup continue to be the secret weapon for him against both righties and lefties? And as he's working really hard on that slider, he's worked hard on the slider the last two off seasons. If that slider can be, you know, an average fourth pitch for him, I, I don't see a reason why he couldn't sit. And that's something you mentioned, you know, let him be a pitcher. He's going to get that chance if he's on the opening day roster list and the Orioles aren't competing for the playoffs this year. They're going to get a look at a lot of guys, and it looks like Brandon Bailey is going to be one of those guys they take a long, hard look at in 2020. But, Dominic, thanks so much for coming on to chat with us and giving Orioles fans some insight on Brandon Bailey, who they hope can uh, be one of the guys in this rotation in the years going forward and maybe be in this rotation if the Orioles start to to pull it back together in a couple years and, and be a competitive team again. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. I appreciate you having me on. So again, our thanks to Dominic Catronio for joining us to talk about Brandon Bailey. And, you know, it seems like so, one of the bigger things for him is is that five foot ten height for Bailey. And, and he sees it as a, as a way to have a chip on his shoulder, I think. And as Dominic talked about, you know, he's still got the, the upper 90s fastball, got the great curveball, the changeup, which Dominic thought was his best pitch last year. And I've seen a lot of people say it's the curveball. So that makes you think he's got three plus pitches, which at the very least you need to be in a big league rotation. And then you're hoping that slider or cutter can develop and he can stay in that rotation all year and the Orioles can keep him and then continue to have him on the roster in 2021 and beyond as Bailey checks in as the Orioles number 21 prospect right now on MLB.com since coming over from the Astros during the Rule 5 draft. But that's good Orioles talk on on Brandon Bailey, and, and I hope you guys learned a lot about one of the two Orioles Rule 5 Major League picks that has a good chance to be on the roster and Obviously, an Orioles podcast, but uh, some huge Major League Baseball news from Tuesday night and that giant three-way trade between the Twins, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox and the big names. Of course, the Dodgers picking up Mookie Betts and David Price and the Red Sox ending up with Gratterall, the flamethrowing reliever from the Twins who could turn into a starter, and getting Alex Verdugo. And then the Twins ending up with Kenta Maeda in that deal. And, 
Obviously, some money still being swung around. There was a separate deal that sent Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling from the Dodgers to the Angels for Luis Renjifo, and some other players are going to come out there. But the big thing for Orioles fans, Mookie Betts, a 299 career hitter against the Orioles. He has killed the O's, especially in Camden Yards, his entire career. And at least nice to see him go all the way to the West Coast against the Dodgers. Remember, the Orioles played the Dodgers last season, so they won't play him for a couple years. And by that time, Mookie could be a free agent. So you never know when the next time the Orioles are going to have to face Mookie Betts, one of the best hitters in baseball, and one of the guys who really killed the O's. So probably nice to see him get out of the division. And now it, you know, it poses a lot of questions for the Red Sox. We know they said it was done because of money and because Mookie wanted to be a free agent no matter what. And obviously, Verdugo and Gratterall are two great young players who are really almost certainly going to be on the opening day 2020 roster for a Red Sox team that still has talent and still definitely has enough to get to the postseason this year. But trading away Mookie Betts, one of the best players on the team, maybe the best player on the team, and in the last couple years for Boston cannot make Red Sox fans feel very, very good, but a huge trade in Major League Baseball on Tuesday, and just wanted to touch on that with my thoughts, and look, I think the Twins gave up a lot for Gratterall, but they're getting Kenta Maeda, and they're starting to put together a pitching staff, because you remember in Minnesota last year, they set the home run record, they had an incredible offense, but they got swept in the first round by the Yankees because they just didn't have the pitching. They continue to add that pitching this offseason. So look out for Minnesota in 2020. And then, of course, the Dodgers just trying to get over that hump and finally win that World Series with this stacked team they continue to have, which just got better with adding Mookie Betts and David Price. And you have to think L.A. might now be World Series favorites with those two in 2020. So again, we hope you enjoyed this episode with Dominic Catronio. Thanks to him for coming on and talking about Brandon Bailey. Tomorrow, that's Thursday, we will have another Orioles player preview. This time, we'll go with a guy who was with the O's in 2019 and frankly was one of the top three players on the Orioles and was definitely their best arm. The Orioles' only 2019 All-Star, John Means. We're going to talk about him tomorrow with Nathan Ruiz. One of the beat writers who covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. And Nathan has written plenty of stories about Means in the last couple of years since he's been covering the team. So Nathan Ruiz will join us on Thursday to talk John Means. And then on Friday, we'll do a little mailbag episode, answer some of your questions. We've gotten some in already, but hoping for more. If you have questions or comments about the Orioles and you want us to talk about it here on the pod, you can tweet us at LockedOnOrioles. Tweet me at Connor Newcomb underscore or email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com with your questions and comments. And then next week, back to Monday, we'll get back to some Minor League Monday talk. So if you like the pod, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Leave us a rating and a review if you can, if you like it, or if you don't, just tell us how you feel about it. helps out a lot especially in those ratings and reviews. This has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast.